Transparency Talks podcast is brought to you today by author Vanessa R. Pittman. Miss Pittman is a New York native, wife and mother finally focused on her dream to become a writer. She is one of the co-authors of Testaments from Survivors, Women Healed and Whole, Volume 3, which chronicles the lives of various women from all walks of life and the obstacles endured that was meant to destroy them. Each author tells the story of how they chose not to let life drag them down and how generational curses were broken for the next generation. A very empowering book for women of all ages and should be the topic of your next book club. Order your copy today by visiting thegreeneyedravensinspirations.com. Once again, that's thegreeneyedravensinspirations.com. Welcome to Transparency Talks Podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Today is a beautiful day. It is nice outside. The sun is shining and you are alive. So it's always a great day to be on this side of the world. Or you know what I mean. But anyway, um, I want to make sure that you guys are doing everything possible to stay safe. Make sure that you are washing your hands. Make sure that you are wearing your mask. Make sure that you are being safe, not only for yourself, but for others. Also do things to elevate your mind. Go for walks, be creative, do whatever you need to do to be in a creative place and space. But that brings me to, you know, sometimes we are so focused on the big things that we don't recognize all of the small milestones that we have accomplished. You know, we look at people on social media and people are doing things that we want to do and we feel like we're not there and we don't we don't sit back and smell the roses and, and see all of the things that you have accomplished. I personally have an achievement book that I wrote myself. Every time I get up in the morning, I write down all the things that I have accomplished. And when I'm feeling down, I go back and I look at that. It helps me motivate my own self and say, you know what? You know, I'm not in a bad shape. I'm much farther than where I was. I might not be at my overall goal because I think, actually, I think that you're never going to be at your overall goal because you were born to not be stagnant. You're born to continue to grow and grow and grow. So once you hit one milestone, you're going to have another desire or something else that you're going to want to do. So it's good to have those feelings, go for the big things and You'll eventually get there, but even if you don't, you've come much farther than where you were. You learned lessons along the way, and you're much farther than where you were. So embrace all of your small steps and milestones and recognize that they are big accomplishments. They're just smaller accomplishments. <laughs> anyway, without further ado, I would like to bring on Mr. Damon Thomas. 
He is an, a father, an author, a TV host, a motivational speaker, and the creator of Men of Courage Show. How are you doing today? I'm good. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. <laughs> so can you give everybody a little bit of background about yourself? Yes. Uh, um, I am Damon Thomas. I am, like she said, I'm first a father. I'm a father first. Um, I am a ghostwriter, director, producer. Um, I am the creator of the Men of Courage Show. My passion has always been writing and always had a passion for helping young boys and men all over the world that are dealing with trauma. Okay, okay. So let's dive back. How did you come into this passion of yours? Personal experiences. Um, at the age of six and nine, I was uh, sexually molested by two older women. Mm. And then uh, my first marriage of 15 and a half years, the latter three years, um, went through a lot of domestic violence, um, physical, emotional, and mental. Um, during that time, um, I did divorce, and uh, I decided at that point I, I needed to get Damon fixed. Um, what I mean by that, I was broken. I was still dealing with the pain from the divorce. Um, I never wanted to divorce first, but um, at the end of the day, I had to worry about myself and my children. I had two daughters at the time. They were three and nine. And um, I said, I got to get Damon right. Um, I never seek therapy. Uh, writing was my escape go to to heal. Uh, just writing, sitting down, writing, writing, writing. And um, once I got past of the the hurting process, I decided to get educated, um, get certified, and later went out to LA to learn this industry. And then formed a team of doctors and counselors all over the world, not just in Atlanta, to partner with me for Minute Coverage and. Right now we're 10 years in and um, I provide services to young boys and men from age five to 65 at no cost. Wow, wow. Okay, so six six through age nine being abused. Yes. I'm, I'm going to assume this was somebody that was close because six and nine, you're usually around more family members or somebody that the parents would trust more than anything. Correct, uh, they were very close to me, yes. Yes, cousin and a babysitter. Very sorry to hear that. This really touches to me because a lot of young men, especially men, you know, they're usually silenced. Why do you think that they don't like to tell someone what's going on? I'm, I'm, I've heard a few things, you know, that some men find that if they speak out, it's a show, it's a sign of them being weak. I've heard, a, I've heard a couple of things. So why do you think that? people don't speak out and especially younger kids right now um i from experience from my own experience and also just being in this field for so long um is that when you're dealing with the younger kids it's the um it's the shame um not knowing where to turn to um you don't want to go to your parents because um it, it's repercussion on the other person you don't know what that other person the perpetrator the, the perpetrator said you know what if you tell this is what's going to happen so that's where I have seen in the younger kids, um, the younger men, younger males, I'm sorry. But when we get into, you know, the high school males and then young adults, um, is the ego thing. You know, we were raised as little boys, suck it up, don't cry, you know, man up. And um, it's one of them things to, at the end of the day, it's an ego thing. Um, also, it's a financial thing. Um, your men feel as though they don't have the resources to get help. Um, and that's why I formed the Men of Courage Show. Um, I want these men to understand that leave the ego at the door. Um, there's no judgment here on the Men of Courage Show. And I don't want any male in the globe 
to worry about the financial piece. I don't. And that's one of the biggest things. I'm not going, I don't have the money. That's why I formed the Medicare show. Do abusers show any potential warning signs? Um, sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Um, the younger ones, they will, they will hide. They will, um, and like for myself, I basically, I just continue to do a lot of reading in elementary school. Um, get, when it's time to go to the library, my class, I would get all these books on diseases. Here I am, so I'll be outside running around playing football. Here I am digesting myself with books about sex because I'm like, okay, I know this not supposed to be happening, but I need to read up on this and see what's going on here. So um, there were no signs with me. Um, I come from an awesome two-parent home. I had, well, actually, I had two fathers. I had a stepfather who raised me, and then I have a biological father. Um, my dad's background was, um, he's retired as a warden in the penitentiary, and my mom's background was mental health. So we discussed everything. We had weekly meetings, but that is one component of my life I could never discuss with them that that happened to me. So they didn't find out till, until 2012 when I did my first book club thing. Why do victims sometimes stay or return to the abuser? Stay with the abuser or return back to them? Um, familiarity. I'm there familiar with it. Um, they've been getting away with it for so long. Um, it's like it's like you're getting them every day. You're, you're, you're going to work. You're brushing teeth. It's, it's familiarity for them. That's they, it's a first. You want to gain trust with that person, and that's what they do. Um, I'm friends with you. I'm friends with your family. Don't ever tell no one if they if you're going to get in trouble. So it's it's, it's a lot of manipul- a lot of manipulation, you know. And like I said, there were plenty of times where I could have came forward, but I, I I was I was afraid. I was afraid. I was truly afraid. And I was shocked that this was even happening. Six and nine, like, whoa, what in the world is going on here? Taking a pause for the calls is your girl Butterby Rocker Transparency Talks Podcast. This is Erica Dawson with Deserving. Lately I had to call back. Lost myself at first, it was all bad. Finally escaped from a dark past. All that hurt and pain was holding me back. Ooh, uh, all these different phases. So many trials and tribulations. Oh, broken in different places. In a different space, no more work. Cause I. A different pattern, I'm ready for my best friend Authentic love, don't want to second guess it I fall, hope you're ready to catch me All these different phases So many trials and tribulations Broken in different places In a different space, no more work Take a risk to experience 
do you think it's possible for the actual abuser to change? Of course. Yes. Yes. Most definitely. Most definitely. So in your opinion, can domestic violence be prevented? Ooh, that's an awesome question. Um, I would say the only way that it can be prevented is you're walking out that door every time it comes up. You get into altercation with your significant other, you already know what's about to happen. You get out the door. And that's something my dad has always told me. Uh-uh, don't put your hand on a young lady. You get in your car, you defuse the situation, you get out of there. So that's the only way I see it. But in my situation, it was very difficult. Uh, she was the one that was, oh, you want to talk to me? You're not going anywhere. She go to the door, block the door. And I could have pushed her away, but uh, well, why? That was going to make things even worse. So, like I said, it wasn't all bad. 15 and a half years, but the lad at free got to be very, very toxic. And I didn't want that for my three and nine-year-old. I didn't want that for them. Yeah, yeah. Why is it important for men to normalize feeling vulnerable? Ooh, good question. Good question. Oh, that's a good question. My, my take on that is... Um, the thing about it is we have to learn to stop suffering in silence. We really do. Um, it's not a sign of weakness at all. And that's something that um, I discuss through my program and my therapist all the time with these men. It's not a sign of vulnerability if you want to speak up and get the help that you need. And that's the problem with our men is that stigma, you know. But no, there's nothing wrong with that. That's, you're not a weak man. You're not, you're not a sissy. You want to acknowledge that you need help. You're going through some stuff. You need to talk to someone. Yeah, yeah. We cry, we hurt, we go through the we go through the pain too, like women and everybody else. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the most powerful reason why people should share their voice and their opinions with others about what's going on? Um, I believe it, it'll help you as an individual. It'll help you kind of get to where you need to be. Is a, a stepping stone. And then number two, you can be an inspiration to so many other people out there who are going through the same thing. And they may be listening to a story, an interview that you on a podcast. It's, wait a minute, I remember watching it. I want to reach out. How can I reach out and get help? If he can get the help, if he spoke about it, why can't I? So it's very important. I encourage men across the globe, we have to talk about this thing. We have to. There's no more uh, pushing under the rug. We don't want to talk about it. And that's, that's the biggest thing in our community is back in the day and even some now but I don't I don't believe in it and I, I will break the, I will break it down I don't I, I hate to hear be quiet don't say nothing grandfather did this when Auntie Sue and all this stuff and I don't believe in it we have to talk about it. and that's why you have so many people that's broken now and going through so much turmoil and then they can't even raise their own children because they're still dealing with their trauma from when they were young mm-hmm. very true so do you look at your past negative experiences the same way and how they shaped you into who you are today? Oh, most definitely, most definitely. Um, I don't believe I would be doing what I'm doing today if it wasn't for my personal experiences. No doubt about it. I didn't I didn't really this was not my plan <laughs> at all. This was not my plan. Um I knew at the age of 31, this is 32, this is what I wanted to do, and I'll be 53 in October. So this is what I wanted to do when I got to be about 31, 32. But if it wasn't for the the sexual molestation and the domestic violence, I'm almost sure I would not be doing this at all. No. no. Mm-hmm. And 
how do you, how do you touched on it a little bit, but how do you think it it does affect marriages, especially having kids and everything, seeing this? Um. Oh man, um, I had to get my kids therapy at three and nine because of what had happened. Um, I wanted my kids to have the proper tools to to grow up to be young ladies and get a fair shot, not because of what their mom and dad went through. Um, it's, it's very imperative that if you're going through this as a couple, you don't want your kids to see this. You, you really don't. Um, it's, it's traumatizing. Um, it leaves a scar. It's been proven. And you have to get your children help. Um, I don't believe in staying in a marriage for the kids. And that's something that I did um, for a very long time. Um, I do regret that. But at the end of the day, um, I have wonderful daughters. Like I said, 25 and 19, they're doing very well. Um, they remember the therapy that they had to go through at 39. But we owe that to our kids. You know, whatever we're going through, it's not they next to be here. So we have to set them up. We cannot set our kids up. For so with the pandemic, how do you feel like most men were dealing with it mentally and emotionally? Because a lot of people had to stick it out and stay in those situations. And I believe there was an even higher rate of abuse going on, especially when COVID first hit. Oh, definitely. Um, the phones, the miniature submissions skyrocketed when the pandemic hit. And even so now we're in the second surge right now. I mean, it's, it's off the chain because, you know, as men, we, we are quote unquote set up to say, you're the man, you need to go out there and provide, this needs to take place. And then things start closing down. You, you don't have that income anymore. It's frustrating. A lot of men can't deal with that. Um, there have been a lot of arguments within the home that um, we've gotten calls about domestic violence issues where we had to step in and offer, offer therapy because it got that bad in the household. I mean, it's awful and it's still bad. It's still bad. I have more men reach out to me since the pandemic versus the past five years. It's been nonstop. And it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, depression. A lot of men are going through a lot of depression. You know, we used to making this kind of money and then now we down here. How, how, how do you juggle? And a lot of men just can't cope with it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I can, I can relate to the depression part of it with I mean, I, I wasn't abused in any form, but I'm saying people do go through depression and yes. then with COVID being on top of that and not having the same things that you used to have, feeling less than and all this type of stuff, you can definitely get into the depression yes. stage and everything. Then you're looking around at your significant other, picking a fight and arguing and it's, it's hard. It's, it's, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. So we've, we've seen a significant increase in um, therapy for men since the pandemic, most definitely. But now they don't want, so we like, we don't want to just always stick with the trauma. We like to, we like to see our men do well. Mm -hmm. So basically men, they submit their story to me. Um, I sit down, I go through them with my team and we kind of decipher what, what show we're going to do pertaining to the topic. And, um, and if they need therapy, um, after the, after the interview, we go ahead and provide that no matter which city they live in. Um, we are, in the process, we're in a, we're in a four city tour. I didn't ask to do this. Um, it wasn't in the plans. Uh, about 45 days ago, I was asked to do four cities. So here we are doing Memphis, Miami this month. We're doing California and we're doing St. Louis. Um, and these are basically going to these cities, sitting down with two men. Um, not, they don't have to necessarily be from that city. I'll either bring them in or they come from that city. They'll share their story live with a live audience. Um, we will be streaming it. 
just talking about the issues. If it's porn addiction, you know, we get to the tough stuff. If if it's masturbation addiction, or we get we get down and we get the help that they need. So that's the, that's the platform. Do the show. We sit down with them, do the interview, then we offer comprehensive counseling after the show, and we follow these men for the next three or four years. We don't just provide the therapy and okay, bye, you done. No, we 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 have the team that actually is responsible for just following them after the therapy, make sure they're okay. And then what I do is when I do go out and tour, depending on the topic in that city, I bring guys out to tell their testimony of what they've been through and how was their experiences going through the Men of Courage program. And we are in the process of pitching it to network. I'm going to say it and I'm speaking it. We are um, we're about to be filming um, actually next month for that. So I'm excited. Well, we're going to speak that thing into existence. That's right, brother. You said it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's real cool. So you, your your company offers counseling? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have a, I have an agreement with all my therapists. Um, we are actually, we're in London as well. We have, um, we have a therapist over in London. So this thing is, this thing is huge. Um, it's, it's, to me, it's just all about giving back to me on what I've been through. Um, I'm in two elementary schools here as well, dealing with kids. Um, my goal is next year to be in as many high schools across the globe as possible, not just here. I'm I'm all over. And where help needs, need, I'm going to be there. It's just until the day God called me home, this is what I eat, sleep, and dream. And these men, we got we to get it together. We got to get it together. It's, and it's, it's, and it's, it's resources out there, and I know it's hard, but um, Men Encourage is that, is, that, is that program that can help you. Um, we have a 98% success rate. So those men that reach out to 98% and we do help. The other 2%, they be like, oh, I didn't know this program was this serious. I said, hey, the door is always open. You can call us back in two, three months, but I don't pressure anyone at all. When you're ready, you're ready. Mm-hmm. And how do you know when you're ready? My thing is, um, when you have first acknowledged that you need to help, number one. Number two, you have committed to so many counseling sessions a month um, and you have fulfilled those obligations. Um, I get a report every 30 days of every client that comes through my program to see where everyone's at. And um, I tell them to waste my time. If I'm going to make sure your therapy is paid for it, don't waste my time. And I will probably say, since I've been doing this, it's probably been about three guys that has really kind of drifted away. But um, that's that's awesome. That's still awesome. Three yeah. out of we've been doing this for ten years, and, and and I get it. This this program is nothing to play with. Um, we're not going to come to y'all and pick you up. I don't believe in that. You have to. We all do a Zoom with you with the pandemic. We're gonna we're gonna make it as comfortable as possible for you. Um, some of them we do bring in that needs to be that face one on one. But for the most part, with the pandemic, we do like your platform where we're doing right now. Um, and I make sure they get the therapy set up. It's their availability. And like I said, I get an email as soon as they miss a session and I'm like, what's going on? What happened? So, but I love it. I, like I said, I went traded for the world. I love to see our men happy and, and, and getting over what they've been dealing with for years. You have a lot of men who've been, this stuff is festering since they were in elementary school. Uh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And wives reach out. I mean, this platform, women, they, I didn't know my husband was struggling with sexual identity. I'm just finding out after 10 years. What? I didn't know he was sexually molested when he was a little boy. So we get it all, but we get it all. There's nothing I haven't seen. Nothing, nothing. So do you help? So in that instance where you said the women was like, I didn't even know this was going on with my husband. Do you offer 
um, counseling for them as well to help them. They eventually come into the scene of the counseling session to deal with that as well. Most definitely, most definitely. And that's very important because I tell people, let's say if it's we have a guy that's dealing with substance abuse, that wife or that sister who's dealing with him, they have to be a part of this because they deal with him every day. So of course we bring them in and we do provide services to them as well. We do. Um, although it's Men of Courage show and we had a meeting about this last week, um, I have two females actually. I have a, a 41 year old and I have a nine year old that's in the program now. So my team says, so what are we gonna do? I know you're not gonna change the brand. It's still Men of Courage, so what do we do? So now we're thinking of how to expand and say, the Men of Courage show presents, we're still trying to figure out present what, because I don't like to turn anyone away. You know, although it's a, a show and everybody say, it's always stuff for the women, Damon, you're doing the right thing. But when I see these cases come through, when it's like nine-year-old on a virtual call, slitting her wrist in school, no, 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 I'm not turning nine-year-old, I'm not doing that. So yeah. that's what we're trying to figure out, how do we incorporate now, we have two ladies and the submissions are coming in for females, what do we do now? So that's something you might want to help with. Men of Courage Show presents what? Because <laughs> we stuck. Gonna be. So yeah, that's what we're working on now. Without further ado, I present to you, this is Asia Star with Blockchain, y'all. Big, big money, big bank, watch me double up, big check, big, big flex, got my numbers up. We done doubled up, big winners ain't no runners up. Last year back against the ropes, now it's looking like a double dutch. Moving coins in the winter time, millionaires before the summer's up. Another mill before the sun is up, that's a fast transaction, somersault. Boss up, no retail, sell it back, that's a resale. Footprints in this man's world, but it traced back to this female. Hard praise to the black beside Pedal stick in my black attire. I can help you go digital with the crypto nurse, you can't deny us. Big, big money, big bank, watch me double up. Big check, big, big flex, got my numbers up. Big bank, summer, winter, fall. Told them once that I told them all. Don't catch a feeling if you're not involved. We crypto stars to the moon and Mars. Amazing grace, I'm out of space. Passport with no delay. Never listen to what a hater say. Never let a hater get in my way. Double up if it's hot, man. I had to invest in the blockchain. Now I'm seeing numbers going insane. I run it up, run it up. Remember days where these noobs made fun of us. Fall asleep, waking up to them plenty bucks. You can't hate on my clicks, we serious. All this money we see make you envious. Digital plot, digital stocks, we got a lot. Got these things and got these thoughts, we on top. I put a new foreign off the lot. I caught the new rollie with the rocks. I put the pedal metal on the cops. I'm never falling off, I don't drop. Yeah, I'm standing tall with the crew and all young billionaires, and we too involved. 1%, never 99. We changed the game, now it's time to shine. Tear it out the mainframe. Diamonds in my damn chain. No counterfeits, the real thing. I always hear the same thing. Beat, beat, money. Big bank, watch me double up. Big check, big, big flex, got my numbers up.
There are several ways you can tune in to Transparency Talks podcast, including Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Blaze One Radio in Atlanta, Squeaky Radio in Detroit, Glass FM in Nigeria, Soul City to Beat in Italy, London's Energy Radio in London, Rock Dan Radio in Canada, Soul Fusion Radio in South Africa, and Q-Mix Radio in Japan. You can listen in to any of the stations by going to butterbiraka.com. That's B-U-T-T-A-B-R-O-C-K-A.com. Follow me on all social medias at Transparency Talks Podcast, also at Butterbiraka. And subscribe today to my YouTube channel at Transparency Talks Podcast. And I saw on your site that you have a, a team of co-hosts that are part of your show. So does everyone bring different perspective to the show and does everyone have their own shows? Like, how does that work? No, no. Um, we do the same show and, and basically moving forward, we are going to get back together because um, if you notice lately, lately, late, it's just been just me. So we're working on now on a plan of action to get the guys back together. They're awesome, awesome. And um, it's, a, it's a, you know, we sit down, we interview the two guys and everyone is responsible for their lane, what they're going to cover in that particular interview and i tell you what them guys wait till you guys see them on they are awesome all of them all of them and they all have something to bring to the table and i i chose these these men for several reasons and it was it was very difficult because i had a lot of people reach out wanting to be a part of this but at the end of the day we're responsible for saving lives so i, I had to make sure that we're dealing with the, the team is qualified to do what we're asked to do Okay, we're backed by licensed therapists all over the world and here in Atlanta. But as far as the host, I had to make sure my guys was ready to go and they had what they what can they bring to the table. So I'm I'm very excited for what you guys are about to see with the whole team in action. I'm really excited. And every I got some heavy hitters. Karan, John Palomino, Dr. Liad and Cali. They all have something to bring to the table. Awesome young men. Awesome. That's really cool. So tell us about your books. Ooh, ooh. Love and Pain was the first one. Um, like I said, it came out in 2012. I was very scared. I was scared to write that, but I had to again unfold what really happened to Damon at the young age, and then the marriages and all the dating I did after my marriage. Um, love and pain. I talked about all my love. I talked about the pain I went through in relationships. Um, that will always be my baby because that was the first one, and I had a chance to really explain really what happened to Damon. In detail, um, there's no nothing is left out in that love and pain book. It's a short book, but I I got a lot in there. Um, the divorce was the hardest chapter to write um, because again I didn't want the divorce, so it was it was a very difficult chapter um, to write. Um, Exposed is a book that I finished. Uh, it's been out a year now. Um, actually, today we were just um, the female that collaborated with me. I got a phone call. We were just. Um, asked to bring the book. They selected our book, Exposed. It's an erotic book <laughs> to downtown Atlantic Station, their book boutique. They want to sell it out of there. And then I got a call from LA. I got to meet people out there. They want Exposed in the beauty shops out there. And Exposed is eight 
short stories of erotic stories. And I've been asked to write erotic for the past eight years. I just haven't had time. And I used to do it years ago, but I got out of it and I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it. We going, and we knocked it out. And, you know, we just did a tour in Memphis what, four months ago for that book. It doing, it's doing very, very well. So, uh, of course, we're going to Miami into this month. We're doing it in the church, Minna Curse, so we can't bring exposed there. <laughs> but it's good. I'll make sure you get a copy. I'm going to send you a copy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will definitely send you a copy. It's, I'm, I'm ex- that, was, that was a shocker. I was, it was easy to write um, because I love that, that type of writing, but I didn't expect to do it then because I was just so busy. But I was like, I'm going to do it. And then, the, like I said, the person I asked to do it, I said, um, I called her, I said, I want you to do this project with me. She said, I most certainly will not. I said, okay. A week later, went by her house. She had already started writing. So we're just bouncing off chapter by chapter. I was like, you got all that done? She, I said, I thought you didn't want to do it. She said, I had to do this. Now she's like, what are we going to do part two? I said, nope, I don't have time. <laughs> but I'm excited. I'm excited. So those are two books. Um, I also go, go strike for a lot of people. I, I probably have 13, 14 books out now that I've written for other people. Um, I'm doing three right now and as we speak. I just love to bring people's story um, to the forefront. As you know, I can't wait to uh, start working with our buddy, Mr. Tony Terry. We got a project coming up. It's going to be awesome. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. But how do you go from, how do you go from, <laughs> that's that's two extremes, you know? <laughs> you but go- you got to understand, the, the writing piece was there all along. And then the writing, the pain falls into a trauma with the Minicurse therapy. So they're different, but they, they kind of go hand in hand. Now the erotica piece, that's a piece I didn't want I didn't want people, too many people to know about me because you know people start looking at you crazy. Well, how do you you wanna do therapy for men and young kids all day long? But then you are here writing erotic and I'm like, you so got a wild side. Right, right, right. So you got to be careful. People start to look at you different. You know how this, you're on the microscope every day. Oh, let's figure yeah. out what Damon doing today. Or where is he at? Is he walking into this liquor store today? You know, you're on the microscope every day. It doesn't bother me at all. You know, I live a good, honest, simple life. I really do. And that, you know, when you first wrote your first book, how it was therapeutic for you. I found that writing my first book was definitely therapeutic. I was scared to tell my story. And, and I was super vulnerable about everything that was going on in my life and about my divorce and everything. But I found that once I actually told it, I was free. Is that how you felt when you did your first book? Ooh, yes, I felt like, I felt a lot of weight had, was lifted off my shoulders. Mm-hmm. And then when I actually did the book signing in Florida, I mean, that thing was amazing. Mm-hmm. I had, I mean, it was standing room on, I said, it was, it was off the chain. I did not expect that type of support from love and pain i really really didn't um once i did it i was like and it was exhausting too mm-hmm. because you know you're thinking you don't want to miss anything but you don't want to throw anybody under the bus you want to be respectful but you want to get your point across and i got a phone call from the first where she said oh i will sue you i said come on i said come on i said your i said your name is in there and come on let's go to court come on i said it's facts which you've done <laughs> But it was, it wasn't, it was serious. It wasn't my story. I took it very seriously. I lived it. Um, I went through the pain every day for years. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't tell me what I can't write, you know? So no, 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 But it was very therapeutic. And when I started the Minute Coverage Program, the first thing my team said to me all over the world, they said, have you ever had sex therapy? And I said, never. They said, well, damn, my door is always open. I said, I know. But that writing down, if I didn't have the writing piece, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I would have been sitting down with them. There's no doubt what I've been through. There's no way I could have got 
the writing was very, very therapeutic for me. Very, mm-hmm. very. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about a little bit more about your your tour, okay. breaking the silence. How did you come up with that title? Um, men, because um, you got to think. Majority of our men, we 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 don't like to talk about things. So I want to break this silence. This is what this tour is all about. This is what men of courage is all about. Breaking the silence. Men, we have to talk about this. And I challenge these men every day. How can we be a positive role model in our community for one? How can we be a good role model for our significant other, our children, if we're still living in silence? I don't I don't want to continue walking around and raising beautiful daughters and here I am still dealing with the sexual molestation trauma, still dealing with the divorce pain. I didn't want that. I had to get free of it and get past that so I can be a better person for not just me, but for my kids. And breaking silence again, we have to get out of that stigma of, oh, we don't want to talk about it. It'll be okay. We'll heal. No, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about any man that comes through me. Oh, we're going to talk about it. And I'm going to get you the help that you need. Mm-hmm. And you want to be a better person for your significant. You want to walk through your door. Of course, we don't, every relationship have their ups and downs. That's normal. But as far as our past and what we're going through, we got to break the silence. we got to break the silence. And I love an Envy Mahai is when they're finished the program. They have moved on. They're torn with me. They're telling their story. That's my high. That's, that's when I get my high. I say, you know what? We've done our job. Mm-hmm. We've done our job. How, how long is the program? Is your program? It's as long as they need. I, I don't sit there and say, okay, you only allow three sessions per month. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that. So, um, like I said, I, I work very closely with my therapist. So, I know what's going on with every client. Like I said, I get a report every 30 days of what's going on with them. So, um, I know what's going on with them. And I'll, I'll have a, I call them too and I have a conversation. And they'd be like, well, how did you know that? I said, what do you mean? This is my program. <laughs> what do you mean? How do I know? But I have a good relationship with all of them. And the thing is, I had to learn is you have to, with anything of this magnitude, you have to be able to separate it because a lot of them want to become your friend. And then, they know, you know, being in the industry, you know, like, you know, you're filming, you're directing, you're doing this, you're a performer. They want to be close. Got to, got to set the, no, 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 you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I had, I learned that early on before I even got in this industry, even working the Monday to Friday, nine to five in management my whole life. You have to be able to separate and a lot of people, even back then, when I was working nine to five, they said, you're not coming out with us and party with us. I'm in management. I cannot party with you. I learned then you got to separate. You know, I, I love it. I seen hello, how you doing? But you can't, you just can't mix it. You know, you got to be very, very careful. Mm-hmm. But that, that would definitely come back and bite you. It would definitely come back and bite you. Okay. So when does, when, when do you know that they're done with the program? Um, how do I know when I, when they're done with the program? Once. Um, when I get a when I get a message in a meeting with that therapist, and I'm told that they are they are at the end, they have two more sessions left. They're doing very well. They've come a long way. That's when I know. And then I'm getting a report every 30 days as well. So it's basically it's the stages of the therapy. One, two, three, final. Then we have some to where we do the therapy, and we have to raise the bar and say, okay, no, let's say substance abuse. Okay, it's time for now. We gotta play. I gotta place you on an inpatient facility for 30 days. The therapy piece is not going the way we want it to go. We need to step it up. We need to put you on inpatient. And we work with them, you know, because a lot of them work. 
So we do it to where we split them up, where let's say they may want to go, they, we may set them up for nine or three in an inpatient facility where they can still do their job and change their schedule or vice versa. So it, it works out. And the most important thing, you got to listen to them because it's them that they're going through the therapy. You can't just say, okay, oh, you, you, you definitely need to go and you're going to go on this date. No, because a lot of them have families. They have to make preparations. So um, it's very important that you sit down and you listen to what they have to say as well. Because at the end of the day, it's their life. And you don't want to push them away. You've gotten so far with them. You don't want to get to the end and they were like, oh, I'm not doing this last part. I'm not going inpatient. So, and I love it when they're done and they reach that plateau and they, they, they healed and they tell you they healed. And then they say, next year, Mr. Damon, I'm ready to go on tour with you. I'm ready to tell my story. I want to help other men. And I can just sit back and say, yes, that's what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. So then, then do you become friends with them? Yes, I do. That's a good question, but that's a good Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. We'll go out. We'll have lunch. We, we, yeah, we, yes, I do. I do. That's what I do. I really do. Yeah. Taking another pause for the calls. It's your girl, Butter B. Rocker Transparency Talks Podcast, baby. Tell the DJ to turn it up, turn it up. This is one of my singles entitled Straight in My Heart. Make sure you guys check out the video. Nah, I mean.
So who should attend your tour? Who who should come out and attend it? Mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody from all walks of life, all men and women. And it was a miscommunication for Miami. A lot of people thought it was just for, for men. I said, no, 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 no. It's open, it's open for ladies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we have it out, um, the flyer out and everything, the event, the event bright information. Those who cannot um, attend these um, live in person, you can still go on, purchase your tickets. I'll make sure you get your code. And you can go ahead and still be able to um, see the interview live um, in every city. And let me tell you something, it's going to be off the chain. I can't, I can't wait for Memphis. I'm ready for Cali. We got some stories, some people that you know. That's oh, wow. going to have your head standing up. Trust me. There's some men out here that have some stories that you be like, they be running around here on this stage singing about, and you didn't never knew they were going to do this actors out here doing the best of everything and they're struggling so when you get that phone call like i said it's no judgment i don't look at their titles i don't look at their names okay i thank you you acknowledge me help let's get moving especially those ones those suicide ones oh my nine-year-old's about to commit suicide the school called me they dumped four or five cases on me one time you those you got to start right away you can't wait for those kind of cases so right. yeah so the tour is is going to be it's going to be very interesting very interesting then um, I'm going to be sharing about a documentary I'm writing for a client who's I can say it um who's in the program right now um we're filming his story right now um we're, we're going to be showing you guys as they going through the withdrawal the shakes everything so wow. we're, filming, we're filming that documentary and we're going to premiere we're going to do some premieres of in November in a couple cities Atlanta of course is going to be one of them I didn't expect that when it was put on me three weeks ago so I'm, I'm doing that now so I like to show the therapy piece, man, occurs through film as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very important because you know everything is visual today. Nobody want to just read, read. They want to see the action. So that's going to be that's going to be off the chain. That that's going to be good. That's going to be good. How, how do you balance everything that you're doing right now? Because listen, you're family- you, it's the great Scott. I get the I, people asking that every day, and then for the past 16 months, I have my mom. She's from Florida. But she had a major stroke, so I had to go with her 16 months ago, bring her. She's with me. I'm with her 24-7. She had a major stroke. And it's like, I ask myself every day, too, how do you do? And I'm just like, 
I have a schedule. I know this has to be done. Laundry day this day. You got these appointments this day. You have to get ready for filming. You are writing these three books. You're doing your, your show. I just learned to do it. I, I don't have a choice, to be honest. And you know how some people where when they retire, they start, that's all they know is work, work, work. And their 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 life, their, their health start declining. If I had to stop all of this, I would decline. This is This is what I love. Yeah, I understand that. You know, so it's just um, in the team. I mean, it's not. A, I mean, I don't do this by myself. I have an awesome team all the way around across across the globe. Not just here. Um, my team is in Atlanta, Dan Cali. So we all come together and we make it help work. But I'm, I'm a hands-on dude. I, I got it. My hands. I don't micromanage at all. I don't believe in it. But it's my responsibility. My name is attached to it. It has to be right. So I, I just have to learn to. I have to learn to balance more the past year and a half since my mother been here. I had to. You know, it's like, uh, really? So every three months, I try to get away for at least two or three days to kind of woosah because it, it, it does get crazy. You know, all three phones are ringing at the same time. What do you do? You know, <laughs> Sundays, anybody who know me, don't call my phone on Sundays unless it's emergency. Sunday to me is my only day off where I get to chill out, have my wine, chill out, and do what I want to do. Sunday's my only day. So don't call my phone on a Sunday. <laughs> call me on <laughs> Sunday. Sunday to me is family day and chill day. That's 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 what I like about Sundays. I look forward to that Sunday too. So that's, I mean, I had to learn to balance. You know, you know, look at you, mother. You know, performer. You got you have your show. You all look. So we we learn. We learn to adjust. It's not. It's it's not easy. It's not easy. But. It's all I know right now <laughs> for the past, what, 10, 11 years? This is all I know. Yeah. yeah. So I do have a question. And we, we had already talked about, you know, of course, the men of courage. But how did you, okay, you started it over 10 years ago. You started getting different doctors and counselors to start working with you. How did you get them you come up with your idea and get them to say, you know what? I believe in what you're doing. Let me join on. How did I do that? Well, what I did, um, I picked probably like four, four to six therapists out of each city. Um, I just, I'll get it one day and I'll say, I'm gonna start with Denver, Colorado. Next day, I'm gonna start with New York. And I'll just go through a database of therapists all over the world. And I go through that New York and I look at their profile. And if I get a good feel and do my team, the big, my team does the research, Damon, this one is right, you're good. So I get on the phone with them. Let them know about me. I send them my information. Nine times out of 10, they come back, I want a partner. I need to be a part of this. Just, I love what you're doing. There's probably two people that said, I'm busy, I can't do it. Other than that, like I said, London, they're involved in it. They love the program. They see it works. They stand behind me 100%. Um, and I have an agreement with them. I have an agreement with all therapists that have partnered with me to the financial piece. How much do you pay them? How many people do you send them? Um, and I love, it. and that's something I got to do um, next week. I got to get back on the horn. I need more therapists. Mm -hmm. I need more. Yep. Wow. Okay. Yep. So you're also a motivational speaker. When did that aspect of your career start? I would say, I would say the last six years, because I, I realized just doing the writing, the filming, the therapy piece. People need to not just see you behind the scenes. You need to be out there talking about what you're doing and what your purpose is. So that's how the motivation speaker came about. Okay. 
Yeah. And what is next for the Men and Courage show? What's next for you? Ooh, what is next? What is next is, like I mentioned earlier, um, we're working on the documentary. Um, we'll be done filming that next month. Um, we're going to be doing, um, I have 10 more episodes to shoot for a project called Love at What Calls. A uh, young lady, um, she's in Florida. We did we did one of them last year, year and a half ago. So uh, she asked me to do 10 more. So we're going to be filming 10 more episodes of her her concept. Um, we're going to continue with this tour until this pandemic start closing us down again. Um, I'm going to still keep it safe, social distancing, keeping it private, everybody temperature check. Um, I will continue writing to the day I die. I keep saying every year I'm, I'm going to stop and do one more book and then here go the phone and my team looking like, Damon, you're not going to start writing. But it's a lot. It take, the writing is, the writing takes a lot of my time because I'm on the phone, I'm writing, I'm recording them. And then I'm getting it in book form. I send it to my editor. We get started on it. So that's a lot of my time to write it. That's why I wanted to get away from it for a year, but it's not going to happen. So the tour, the documentary, more writing. Um, I definitely want to do more filming. Men of Courage is not going anywhere. The tour isn't going anywhere. The therapy is always going to be there. But I want to get back into more of the filming. And my thing is I cover hard, compelling stories like the men, what they're going through, the divorce, the suffering, the sexual people. Those are the kind of stories I love to write, produce, and direct, and cast for. But um, I've turned a lot of people down. They've called me. I need you to help me cast. I'm a casting beast, but I'll cast you out of this world. I know the folks. You give me the storyline, I can get it. But I want to get back into that again. Um, but that's what's next for Damon. Um, I will be in Africa next year, um, working with young boys and men in Africa. I'll be doing that. That's that's on the list. Um, I was asked to do that, so I'm definitely going to be out there next year. Um, that's what's going on. And in between here, I know it's going to be more things. I will definitely keep you guys abreast. I will definitely keep you abreast, but um, it doesn't stop. It, it's, it's every day is something different. And they can find all of your information and schedule on menofcourageshow.com? Yes, exactly. Okay. Yep. Yes. So drop, excuse me. Drop again where your next tour is going to be. Uh, next tour will be in Miami. We'll be in Miami. Um, we'll be there August 27th um, at. Um, it'll be a seven o'clock show. All the information is on Facebook. The Eventbrite is there. Please, please. I know a lot of people cannot make it there physically, but please purchase your tickets. All proceeds does go go to the Men of Courage show so we can continue providing services to these young boys and men across the globe at no cost. Um, everyone knows someone, a brother, sister, cousin, friend that needs this program. So that's where all the proceeds go. Um, I believe in this. Of course, I believe in it for the past 10, 11 years, and I will continue um, providing services at no cost to these young boys and men across the globe. Um, after that, September 18th, we will be in Memphis tour. And then October, we will be out in Cali. And then November, we will be in St. Louis. Okay. And after that, I will keep you guys abreast of what's next. But uh, be watching in any way you want to support, if you want to sponsor, if you want a partnership, um, you know, let us know. Let us know. Okay. Well, we did have a couple of questions. Terrence says, do you feel that men are embarrassed to commit to therapy? Mr. Terrence, most definitely. They are very, yes. That's that ego thing again that we discussed earlier. Um, and, and and what I've learned also is the fact that that's all they know is to be afraid. They they weren't they taught any other way, you know? 
and then they feel as though oh their story is going to be out and my thing is i can give you therapy we can provide therapy it doesn't have to be i don't have to do a show with you i don't believe in throwing anybody on the cameras that they're not ready so that's not that's not what dominic courage is all about no it's about getting you where you need to be and that can be it you know but a lot of guys they want to be out if they want to tell their story but i don't put anyone in front of the cameras unless i see that they're ready you know what mm-hmm. i mean but yeah, they're they're embarrassed. A lot of men, they're embarrassed. I hear it every day, they're embarrassed. And I tell them, you don't have to be embarrassed. I know it's difficult because that's what we're taught, but they're embarrassed. I tell you what, we form an awesome safety net for men. That's why a lot of people say, how do you get these guys to talk? After the second conversation, they're like, Mr. Damon, I want this program. Because I let them know, I don't, we don't judge here. And I tell them, once I tell them what I've been through, um, I didn't have the resources back then. You know, I'm six and nine. Then I'm going through the first divorce at what, 32? I didn't have the resources. You know, maybe I maybe I didn't, but I didn't know where to go. So I just sat in my house and just been writing ever since. But there are resources out there. Minute Curry, I guarantee you, I challenge you, man, please reach out to us. We will change your life. Okay, we have one more question. Okay. Lundy says, How do you convince the alpha male that therapy is okay? Okay, again, I let them know that there is no judgment here. Um, we are here to help you. Our main concern is you. And I tell them to give us time and we will prove to you that therapy is for you. Guarantee you. Well Good said. question. Good question. Well said. Well said. Well, I would like to thank you for shedding some light on some things that I personally didn't know. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners did not know because men are more silent than women are in abuse and talking about it and everything and it's encouraging to have a company like yourself men of courage show that talks about this stuff and brings it to light to help other people so i applaud you and would like to thank you for being a part of my show thank you always i appreciate you keep up your good work anywhere i can support let me know thank you guys appreciate you thank you with that being said we are out of here facebook and youtube we'll talk to you guys later bye Thanks again to our sponsor, author Vanessa R. Pittman. Order your copy today of Testaments from Survivors, Women Healed and Whole, Volume 3, by going to thegreeneyedravensinspirations.com.